Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for tuning in to the 60 Minute Meal podcast. And I am your moderator, just a guy from 215, with my team of co hosts, Nandy B, Sammy Sam from Trinbago, and Mikey D out there on the West Coast. But I'm also privileged to have my fluid panel of intellectuals. I see you. Go ahead and get situated. Quit looking at me. I hear you. I hear you. Let's get ready to make a feast of this. All our listeners, let's go. Have a seat. Get situated. Let's nibble on this. Let's do it. Those songs, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, is that how you want to listen to a track? And then you're like, well, why is it you have a clean version and a dirty version? It, does there need to be a dirty version? It's just well, getting so raunchy. It's so nasty. But, like, I can't gener- but you know what? But we also have to respect that their gener- the generation now is right to think the way that they think. Correct. Correct. We don't have to agree with it, but we need to expect respect it the same way we wanted our generation to be respected when we were in our era. But that's your opinion, but the older generation may have thought that ours was disrespectful. True, but hold that thought, everybody. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. From my kitchen to the radio waves thumping through your loudspeakers, welcome back to the table of the 60 Minute Meal podcast. And I am your moderator. I am just a guy from the 215 area code. And who do I have in the kitchen with me today? I got Sugar Ray. I got Nandy B. I got Mikey D on the West Coast. I got Sammy Sam from Trinbago. I have Chris. And I have Patricia. How y'all doing today? Good. Everybody good? Yeah. Everybody, everybody cozy. Fantastic. Everybody, everybody getting warm from that snow that had us all dealing with cabin fever and everything. Yeah, I didn't fall in two days, so I'm great. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> I had some ice skating. I had some ice skating moves on those ice, though. I must admit, I, you know, you when you're about to slip, you're like, oh, Jesus, no. <laughs> all right, so let's let's see what's on the menu today. For the small talk, the small talk is, are you a sports fan? And if so, what's your favorite flavor? The appetizer, do you dress how you feel or more so age appropriately? And the meal of the day, the uh, main course is, with all the strain, pain, and suffering in our lives, have we lost faith in people as a society? Let's talk about it. So as we always do, let's do a gratitude attitude check amongst the kitchen because we're going to be cooking up some things on today. So gratefulness, thankfulness, Sugar Ray, I'm coming to you. What you got? Well, I'm grateful for a lot of things. You know, I'm grateful that, you know, I get to do this every week, you know, talk to some people that I care about you know, and have a good conversation with. I'm grateful that everybody that I've messed with is healthy. You know what I mean? Some of us going through our little personal problems, but, you know, everybody on the the up and up is good. So I'm grateful about that. And I'm just grateful for family, man. Like, you know, through it all, 
having family gets you gets, gets you through it all. So solid. You're right, man. Family is key, especially the family members that you can depend on. That is true family. Let's go to you, Nandy B. Okay. It's good to be here. As as uh, Pat always says, you have to have a, you have to have a um thing. I just said it, but is it what you have to have your Pat, what do you always say? You have to have your <laughs> your your circle, but that's not your the tribe, word. Your tribe, your tribe. Your tribe, that's it, your tribe. Right. I'm glad to be with my tribe tonight. Okay. And uh, for a couple of weeks now, I lost my uh, I lost my license and social security card. And today I found it. All right. All and crazy. I was like, oh, my God, because I was like, I got to go get me another license. I've got to give me another social security card. Mm -hmm. And I was cleaning out a drawer. Where past bills from 2021 that I had paid, okay. it was all this paperwork, and I picked everything up, and there it was. Solid. Hey, wow! Well, how did it get in this drawer? Right. But I don't care. I got it, and I thank God. Okay, praise report. Thank you for yes. that praise report. Thank you, Nandy B. Mikey D, get in there. I'm as thankful for health and and peace. Okay. Health and peace. All righty. I'm going to get in there. Um, I am thankful for wisdom. I'm thankful for insight. And I'm thankful for always bumping into people and things that make me think. It makes me think. I was listening to Mel Robbins earlier today, and I think I shared this with you, Nandy B. She uh, said that every time you rescue somebody, you okay. rob them of the opportunity to grow. And every time you make the problem go away for somebody, you make them a little bit more weaker and a little more dependent upon you. So that resonated with me today. Okay. It's still eating away at me and I'm trying to really understand it fully, but I'm just grateful for that wisdom that I received on today through that euphemism that she brought upon the airwaves, which hit my ears. I guess that would depend on what the context is, but that's an interesting statement. It's debatable. I mean, of, of course, of course, yeah. this is, you know, it, it depends on the situation, obviously. Correct. Which is why I'm still chewing on it, but I'm still grateful and thankful for that insight. Sammy Sam, it's on you. I am grateful that I was able to get the, let me see, I think I'm gonna like, 80, 85%, I had the flu. And I have never had the flu. So I, you know, this was the first, I'm like, I have the flu, I'm at the doctor. And she's like, yeah, you have the flu and you have an ear infection. So this last like couple of weeks, I was just like, dang. You know, I'm like, you know, and that flu hit me, it, it, it had me down. So right now I'm just grateful that most of it is behind me. And I thank the Lord for better health. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Sound okay. better. Yes, yes, yes. Okie dokie. But I I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Chris, then Patricia. Welcome to the welcome to the team, Chris. Welcome to the fluid panel of the 60 Minute Meal Podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Gratitude, attitude. What you got? I am grateful for friends who are family. Um, so one of my closest girlfriends had a pretty serious 
uh, fall recently and she, she broke her clavicle and, you know, she's always been someone that when something happens in my life, like we're like, all right, who's getting on a plane, train, automobile and (laughs) coming to make sure you're good. Um, And we're in that situation again. And this time I get the chance to help her out. So, but those people are really important in life. So I'm glad that I have a handful of those. I feel feel really lucky. That's good. And we hope that your friend gets better and that she or he is on demand. We hope so. She's mentally tough as nails. So she wasn't even planning to take work off. I'm like, take a break. Mm, you broke your shoulder you can't move uh yeah you can take some time so that's a super hero super (laughs) hero right there patricia patricia i'm grateful for still being above ground and having um options to grow in whatever areas i feel that uh, may need some polishing so i'm grateful for new beginnings and like uh everyone knows i'm grateful for you all I'm grateful for, you know, just having a great um, outlet when we come together to discuss life and all of the little intricacies of it. It always fills me up. So I'm grateful to have you all. All righty. All right. Everybody grateful. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Let's get to the small talk, shall we? I'm coming to you, Sugar Ray. So buckle up. Are you a sports fan? And if so, what's your favorite flavor, my neighbor? Well, me, I'm a sports fanatic. Like I, I'm, I'm goofy about every sport. But now, I'm I'm falling out of love with sports because it's more about the business instead of the the, the love of the game anymore. Like, you know, everybody want to get the biggest contracts, but don't nobody want to go out there and play like they getting the biggest contracts. You know, we had athletes that didn't make half the money that these dudes is making, but had more heart and was on the floor every game and right. they could do anything to pull them off nowadays these athletes are like you know bigger stronger but they're more soft you know they don't have to take the physical abuse that the older school used to you know so it's like just play the game the right way you know what i mean and you know it's just too much business now you know the referees control how the game play going and I don't know. As a sports fan, well, I'm losing the love. Who do you think should control how the game is played? The players. Not Let the referees. The, not the referees. You there so what for, are the referees there for then? To enforce the rules of the game, not control how the flow of the game is. You understand what I'm saying? Like, no. Like, there's no, a lot of things. Understand. There's a lot of things that referees don't call. There's a lot of things that they do call, but it seems like it's more one-sided than ever. Like I watched a game um the other night with uh basketball, a basketball game the other night, and these dudes was so like one-sided with the calls, like one-sided with the calls where every other time the you know the one team is just always shooting you know shooting free throws i'm like that's not fair because it's like every other time so it's like it's not fair the way they call games anymore but then after i watched that then after i watched that uh that documentary on tim donahy then i watched that documentary on tim donahy on netflix where they was talking about how he was doing things and it makes you cautious of how games you watch the games now like if you've never seen it it's a uh netflix special about the referee that got locked up for yeah, I know he, he started. He was fixing games, right? 
yeah, yeah. So after seeing that documentary, it changed my life. Where it's like now I'm watching it, how the referees are calling the games. It's like, man, it's not fair. So that's what made me like really realize that is I'm losing I'm losing the love for the sports. Okay, okay, appreciate that, Sugar Ray. I'm coming to you, Sammy Sam. Are you a sports I, fan? And if so, what's your favorite flavor? I am a big sports fan. At one time, I loved ESPN so much. I had a TV in my bathroom so I could catch the whole hour of sports. <laughs> oh, you were sick with it. <laughs> I was sick oh. with it. You know, and I've just always loved sports, even from a kid in Trinidad. You know, so mm -hmm. you know, I I pretty much like almost every sport. Okay. You know, I I I I'm partial to um baseball, even though people like, oh my gosh, how do you like what 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 do you see in baseball? And I'm just like, because the rules for baseball are from cricket, which is a game I played as a kid, and another game I played as a kid called rounders. You know, where you get the three bases. A lot of people don't even know that. You know, right. that an American invented it from these games, these British games, you know. So I always have a parchment to, to baseball because, you know, I grew up with that. But, you know, I love all sports. You know, I thought yesterday the Bills, oh, my gosh, that was such a letdown. And I'm a Mahomes fan. And I was like, right. nah, the Bills are going to do it. The Bills are home, you know. So but right. I love all sports, you know. Mm -hmm. And and he's right, though. What, what sometimes it's not only the referees that you that you feel are suspect. But some of the players, especially if you watch a real football match, you know, soccer, you know, some of the players, the flops that they do, you know, the, you know, trying to get penalties and stuff. You're like, you know, they're trying to crack down on it. But at one point I used to say, oh, that's an Oscar winning flop. That's an Emmy. <laughs> you know, that's a golden goal. You know, I had ranks for it. But again, nice. sports is just good to watch. Okay. Okay. Appreciate that. Chris, what say you? So I've always been a big sports fan, but I would say in the last five, six years, I really have gotten down to only watching football. I, I would agree with Sugar Ray. I think like for me, basketball, I used to watch religiously. I played, you know, since I was a kid up through high school. And I remember when they used to have like the Jordan rule, like you come into the paint, <laughs> you were going to get punished and they just right. don't play with that same intensity. feels like maybe until they get to the playoffs. So I think for both like, baseball and basketball there's so many games during the year that I kind of tend to tune in at playoff time and ignore the rest but okay yeah appreciate that I'm going to chime in here I am no longer a sports fan it's been about maybe two years two and a half years since I've been one um my reasons are uh, I can't get over these societal differences of importance between educators and athletes. I can't, so that's, so that's the reason why I really can't stomach watching sports anymore because I'm watching people who society considers relevant, but yet the teachers who cultivate and prepare the, our children and other folks' children to be athletes and superstars and world leaders and scientists and what have you, they get looked over wage disparity is humongous and we look more so at a superstar than we do at a at an astronaut an activist an entrepreneur who has no athletic background so uh i really just uh i'll catch it in readings i'll catch it on social media clips here or there but i can't really sit back and 
just watch a game and say, hey, I'm I'm really interested in this game because it's just it's too lopsided and it's too irrelevant for me. So I'm coming to you, Mikey D. Oh, I love sports. I, I love all sports. I'm a very competitive person myself. And so sports to me are pure sign of genuine competition. So I love sports. What's your favorite? My all-time favorite team is the Duke Blue Devils basketball team. So, Okay, so college basketball. Correct. Okay, appreciate that. Appreciate that. I'm coming to you, Nandy. Okay, sports. well, I really don't like sports, but I started watching it when primetime. Coach Prime. Became, Coach Prime became the coach of uh, Colorado. Because uh, even though people said, oh, well, he sold out, whatever. But I, I, liked, I like his um, the principle, his principles. Okay. Okay. But the that I just started watching with a year, two years ago. So but, you started um, watching him when he was coaching at Jackson State. At Jackson State, right. no, I, I really wasn't watching him at Jackson State. I didn't start watching him until he went to Colorado. Okay, okay. And okay. Um, but I do like uh, tennis. Okay. And I also like um, the races between the. Um, but the horses, the men and the women races. Oh, okay. Talk about the yeah, the four by four, one hundred. Yes, yeah. Track and field. Track and field. Yes, I like track and field, and not only on an adult level, but on a on the school level as well. Okay. Because I think when you see them run, they it just makes you feel like you can do anything. They have such a grace and a, and a determination. Yeah, that's it. Okay, right on. Thank you, Nandy. Bye to the shot. Yeah, I like sports um, from the, the we share it in family and, you know, we grow up and we practice in school and stuff like that. For me growing up, I was into volleyball, I was into swimming, softball and stuff. But um, as uh, it's gotten to the big screen, I stand with you um, with the thoughts that they're overpaid. And, um, you know, when you grow up as a fanatic of the teams that never win and the players are still rich as hell, you start wondering if they're actually, you know, playing to win or just playing to maintain an entertainment and their pockets lined up. As right. I've gotten older, I can't follow through. You know, I don't fault anybody that watches. My family makes a big deal of it. If they could record every single game and watch it, whether it's college football or, you know, big screen, uh, the, the NFL itself, they would. But um, I haven't developed the love for it so much that, that I, you know, could cry about it or, you know, throw a tantrum if they lose. Like, I see these people. It becomes, you know, so saturated with everybody's opinion that sometimes you feel like they're part of the team, too. I just don't get, you know, how someone can, like, get lost in it that way. But, okay. you know, sports is something that, you know, keeps us healthy. It's good, you know, for the family banter and stuff like that. But when it's out of control in that way that we see it now, that, like they said, you know, there's so many hands in it. We really right. don't know if, you know, they're playing out of the love of it or, you know, if it's just a manipulation tactic and all in all circles just to continue making money off of them. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I, once upon a time, I saw the beautiful nakedness of the essence of sports, because to me, I feel like sports imitates life, especially team sports. 
But as I've gotten older, I feel a little different. But thank everybody for their take on the small talk. Let's get to the appetizer. <coughs> I'm coming to you, Sammy Sam, first. Do you dress how you feel or more so age appropriately? What you got? Well, I dress how I feel. You know, my style is, um, I would say, very, um, um, I, 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 you, you would probably say I'm kind of a preppy or, you know, kind of, you know, a little bit ladylike. You know, I still love dresses. You know, I love sundresses. You know, I love, you know, being pretty. I love being feminine, you know. So I know my style is very, like I said, kind of preppy, but it, it's me, you know. So my style is not the type of style that would ever not be appropriate. Okay. So, yeah, because that's, you know, that's why I, like I said, I, one of the things I miss about, you know, my time in the military is like, I loved being in my uniform. You know, I always felt like I made this uniform look good. You know, right. you know, so that kind of thing never was from what was a problem for me because mm -hmm. my style was always that way. Right. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, but, so, but do you ever dress how you feel? Because some days you don't feel preppy, but yet you're dressing preppy. No, you, no, but, but that's okay with the question. Yeah. Cause there's some days where you just, um, like I'm just around the house. You know, around the house here, sweatpants, a t-shirt, and a sweatshirt if it's a little cold. You know, so you you have your moments. You know, you do have your moments. If you're you're in a lazy day moment, you know, mm -hmm. you're not gonna go. Oh yeah, I want to put on a dress, sun a dress today. I want to, you know, you know. Right. It's all about how your your bodily feeling at the time. If you're mm -hmm. feeling like okay, I'm stepping mm -hmm. out, and I know I want to look good. You know, you're going to put in the effort. If you know, uh-uh, today's one of those days. I'm just hanging around the house. I ain't doing much today. Okay, okay. Appreciate that. Appreciate it. I'm going to dig in with my fork. My dress is a direct expression of how I'm feeling on that day in that minute. So if I'm if I'm rocking Tim's, if I'm rocking some Nike 270s, if I'm rocking some J's, if I'm rocking some New Balances, if I'm rocking sweats, if I'm rocking the preppy Alexander Vanderpool look, that is how I'm feeling at the time when I got dressed. I don't dress age appropriate yet, but I do dress definitely how I'm feeling. So it's, an, it's a direct expression for me of how I'm feeling on that day. I don't care where, I don't care if it's to my son's school for a meeting. I don't care if it's to an interview of sorts. I don't care wherever I'm going, I'm dressing how I'm feeling. So that's just my take. I'm coming to you, Nandy B. Okay, well, I guess this comes from my childhood. I was taught how to wear clothes that are presentable, nice. And, um, and I've taken it to my adulthood as well. And I've always dressed not the way I feel but I dressed to this is who I am feelings has nothing to do with it for years I dressed I wore African clothes and everybody thought I was from Africa okay and um and then I came out of the African clothes the real 
African clothes. Then I went into the contemporary African clothes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just, mm -hmm. I think a woman should always look very feminine. I really don't like pants, but I'll wear them. But that's not something I like. Okay. And uh, I just feel like we're fe I'm feminine and I want to look feminine and be feminine. And that's it. Okay. Appreciate that. We appreciate that. Mikey D, get in there. Yeah. I dress to my frame of mind. Depending on how I'm feeling that day will pretty much depend on what my attire is. Gotcha. Yeah, we we are we on the same page, bro. <laughs> we on the same page. Sugar Ray, what say you? Well, I don't know how to dress age appropriate because I don't know how a person my age is supposed to dress. Oh my That's gosh. Why. This brother, he don't <laughs> know. It. He don't know how to dress his age. Okay. No, I don't. Because how's a person my age supposed to dress? I you know what I do? I dress to be comfortable. Now, that's what I do. I just to be comfortable no matter what the situation is. I'm going to be comfortable in my own skin no matter where I go. I'm going to be me. So if you invite me to something, I can, I can throw a suit on. But best believe, I'm going to be comfortable somewhere. <laughs> so right now, I just for comfortability. I can't be uncomfortable trying to look good with the, the, the super slim tight pants on. Or, you know, I can't walk down the street. No, I, you know, I don't do that. I still wear my jeans loose. <laughs> my shirt's big. <laughs> you know? I'm still because you know I got a little pudge and stuff, so I gotta keep that a little tucked a little bit. You know what I mean? Right, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. You ain't lying. You ain't lying. You ain't. So lying. you know, I gotta dress the come. I gotta dress for comfortability now, man. Okay. Like you know, I can't. I can't be worried about how I look. I don't care if you like the way I dress or not, because you don't buy my clothes. Yes, so sir. at the end of the day, I'm gonna put on what I feel like. All righty. Hey, he said it. He told the whole tale, and I appreciate that, Sugar Ray. Chris, get in there. Yeah, I I agree with Sugar Ray. At 45, I think this is the time in my life where I care the least <laughs> what okay. anyone else uh, thinks about what I'm wearing. So I usually just, you know, am I comfortable? Do I feel confident in what I'm wearing? That's pretty much my my only criteria. I used to be, I think, like, especially when you're younger, I think there's a lot of pressure. Like I see it with my nieces and nephews and my friends, kids, and you know, they're like, Oh, this is what's in and I have to buy this or that or whatever. And right. I definitely think I'm past that phase where I'm like, no, I like what I like. I don't really care if it's <laughs> in vogue or not. Um, right. As long as I'm good in it, then I'm going to wear it. So. Okay. I hey, appreciate that. I'm hearing a lot of comfort, self-comfort and physical comfort is is really the, the narrative thus far. But to this shot, close it out for me. I come from a culture where we dress um, for in case you're meeting the president. So you never leave your house in any type of shape that when you meet the person that you don't even know if you're going to bump into, you don't look like you have home training. It's like when you grow up and they tell you you leave your house with new underwear because God forbid you got in an accident and they had a rip. Like, who thinks about that? You're in an accident. The last thing you're thinking about is that you have clean underwear, right? <laughs> but in my family, that's the way it was. You know, in this culture, like my grandma will pinch my cheeks like, oh, you you need, you know, some makeup and, and all this stuff. So as much as I like to put comfort into my closet, I've made it where 
it's set up for any occasion. So if you're having a bad day, the first thing I think is my mother saying, you know, you put a nice outfit, it changes your mood. Look in the mirror, throw yourself a kiss. So when I'm home is when I'm the most shabbiest. And and if I have to go outside, even for a quick run, I second guess if it's okay for me to go outside looking like this, because God will have it where you'll bump into somebody and you look, you know, awful. So I'm versatile. You know, I do have a little bit of everything, like all okay. the women. I love femininity. I love to exude it and I love, you know, to share myself in the light that I see. But, you know, mostly than anything, I'm I'm ready for court if you know I need to go and suit up <laughs> and act like a lawyer, you know. Um I'm, I'm I'm always in between. My dress is, you know, like uh Sammy's some between preppy and you know, I'll leave my house before I wear sneakers, I'll be like, you know, can I wear flats or can I wear a wedge or something right. along those lines, you know, even when I'm driving, that I could be like, I'm just going to get in and out. I'm always, always thinking, you know, what would my mom say? What would my grandma say? So yeah. I kind of dress, you know, um, often for an engagement that I might never make it to, but if it happens, I'm ready. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause I mean, cause who wants to look like a ragamuffin? And then you can't take it back. You're in the middle uh -huh. of like, hello. And you're like, oh, <laughs> this is horrible. So my mom always made it. Where she was like, you know, house ready. You don't have to get ready. Man. Yeah, I think it's kind of an <laughs> island thing because it's like with, I, with my grandmother, you know, she expected to see you a certain way. You know, so there no, was never... jewelry. I yes. spent a long time wearing jewelry, and people were like, "Why are you wearing gold to the beach?" I'm like, "I forgot it was there. I bathed with it. I sleep with it. It became a staple." But it was kind of the things they did. You were born. They pierced your ears. They hooked yeah, you up. You and, yeah, yeah, for the rest of your life. So we we're always Sunday. You have to pick out the best outfit. You know, yeah. you don't know when you're gonna die. Take that out the closet. Show up. <laughs> and then they just but here's the thing. thing. But and, my, like my my niece gets to choose her clothes. I'm like, what the frick? You know, yeah. my mom was choosing every Sunday. She would have your outfit, what you're wearing, hanging up on my her My grandmother combed my hair till I was 13 because she was like, I don't like that. Come here. Like, I was like, oh, what are you nah, talking about? <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, it really does say, you know, it what they resonates. wanted you to represent. Because if we went yeah. to visit somebody's house, we couldn't be out here looking crazy. No, no, had no, 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 no. We did God, little dresses so with the ruffled socks. You uncomfortable yes. in 90 degree weather. Yes. But you had to look pristine. And God forbid yes. you got, you know, dirty. And although mm -hmm. we've, you know, broken that stigma, we're still very much into that mode. We have to be Hold that thought. Hold that. Hold that thought. Go ahead and cook, Sugar Ray. Go ahead and cook. You listen. You'll catch me in a pair of basketball shorts with a tank top on and some Crocs. Listen, I'm oh comfortable. Oh <laughs> I think for men is different because even in my it family, is. that's not frowned upon. But for women, we're always supposed to be put together for some reason. I don't think that because listen, if you can't accept me at my worst, you can't accept me at my best. Oh, here you go with this cliche. See, <laughs> like even in the house, if there were men, you had to wear bras, you had to be covered up. I mean, it's if for as a respect thing, you know, from our culture standpoint. Um, mm -hmm. so when I'm home alone by myself. Now that I'm an adult, yeah, I, I get as ugly as I would like, but always like, it's can somebody show up? You know, are we going to have a delivery? Like, it's always with the thought of, am I going to interact with another human being? And how presentable do you want to be? Because yeah. people treat you how they see you sometimes, you know? Yeah. So you always want to have the best interaction. And that's what I'm glad of, because if you see me outside, you just see me getting out, or right, I'm just running, running to the store. I'm in the middle of doing something. You see me like, oh, no, okay. You're, no, you know, but I don't judge. I don't judge that. Listen, if anything, no, I, you know, but that's not, you, not saying you, not saying you, but there's a lot of people that will, though. 
Right. Probably, yeah. Because, because like, yeah, because like, like Patricia said, people ordinarily treat you how they meet you. Yeah. So when you see me <laughs> and how they a, see you. So you see me in a, a beat up tank top and some basketball shorts. I'm in there cleaning. But no, you don't but, know but, that. But, you, but what you but what you're but, doing outside? Can you go back outside hey, and, and, go, and get on some gear that, it, that, that that won't perpetuate that you look like you clean? Yeah, but now but now I'm that same dude you said ill to. You you understand what I'm saying two days ago. Now, when you see me dressed up, now you want to be in my face. No, you don't get that privilege. Bye. Oh, yeah. No, listen, I wasn't brought up like that. We give respect to everybody. If anything, you know, we never, you know, sit out here in shambles. But for us, it's kind of like that thing that I guess if I look bad, my family has, will hear it along the line. It's stupid. It doesn't really happen. But yeah. we were brought up like that. It doesn't really make a difference. Yeah. It, it's like, listen, I went, while, 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 while I was in Jamaica with my friend, you know, I'm visiting her family. Um, her ex-stepfather invited us to a party at, at his house. He'd been trying to get her to come to this party for years, and she refused. Long story. But she finally said, okay, she's going to go. And so it was her, myself, her daughter, her husband. Before her daughter, um, before we let, we, uh, before we were getting ready to go, and she said to her daughter, let me see what you're, you want to wear. And she's looking at what she put together. No, nah, that's not going to work. <laughs> she's like, no, nah, you got to change that. And I understand what she's doing because it's like she is being introduced to people. So, you know, that belly, uh-uh, you can't wear that. That's right. just in, That's just how we A are. A first impression mentality. Pretty yeah. Much. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, pretty Even much. for dating, I, I, it's kind of like, you know, a working thing. Like, I feel like when you are going to meet somebody, you want to <laughs> dress up to the best, you know, of your ability. So that way you know when the person meets you, you know, what your full potential is, but it's, it's different. It varies. Our culture now is, you know, show up as you are and let's work it from there. Right. So but, loose. You know, for us old folks, so we're loose. still trying to break, you know, these stigmas that were instilled in us. But. but but hold on, Patricia, let's stay, let's stay in that, in that syllable for a moment. To me, I feel like, Hey, a guy dating a woman, he shouldn't be looking his best. He should be looking good. But he, I don't think that the man should be looking his best. And I don't think that the woman should be looking her best either. I think that we should be looking presentable. Now, if we going somewhere, yeah, we going to throw that shit on. Fuck all that. If we step, <laughs> if we stepping out to go to a party, oh a dance, it's like, listen, let's we keep going we going to step out. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm not trying about, to, you know, wear heels to the park. But no, when we step in this building, every head is going to turn and look at us like, dang, I yes. wish I could be them. You, you yes, I wish to go raid. That's the way it goes in my family. You want to step in there. Shut up. Like, shut you stop in a motherfucker. Where you get that, boy? Where you get that? If we just go into Uncle Joe Bob barbecue, Listen, we know the context of where we're going. We're dressing accordingly because, like I said, I'm not going up with some high heels and a ball gown to the party. I'm going to get a basketball jersey with the with the with the sweatpants with the with the with the grease stain on the side pocket and with dinginess. No, no, no grease stains. No grease stains. That's what in the house. You keep the grease stains joints in the house. You know what I mean? And keep that dingy. And keep that dingy in the house too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
saying? Yeah, you know, because everybody got a favorite pair of jeans or favorite stuff to wear around the house. Like, come on, man. We all go. Listen, I'm not. If you come to my house, you might liable to catch me in anything. Oh, oh, listen. We're, okay, thank you, thank you for that, Sugar Ray. Thank you, so <laughs> thank you so much for that. Thank you so much. Let us pivot. So what time you come? Because you might get your birthday suit, and I ain't covering up nothing. Okay, okay. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for oversharing. Thank you so much for oversharing. You know what I'm saying? Let's pivot to the meal, to the main course, shall we? I want everybody to uh, take a look outside your window. Now take a look at your cell phones. Now take a look at the mirror. When you look outside the window, there are people walking the streets who have betrayed you. As you look into your cell phone, there are contacts which you've deleted because those people, they just didn't measure up. And as you look into the mirror, there's a beautiful face you see, but there's also a tired image. That image is tired of not being enough. That image is tired of being the cause and the effect. That image is tired of being second best. And lastly, that image you see is tired of being a laborer in labor. So with that said, with all the strain and pain and suffering that has gone on in our lives, have we lost faith in people as a society? I'm coming to you, Mikey D, have we? When you say second best, right? Mm -hmm. Second best to who? I mean, because I think you can only be second best if that's how you view yourself. Well, people can people can treat you as if you are second best, and yeah, that but that's and, the, hold yeah, on, but that's that, what, and, hold on, but that could be the reason why that person is no longer in your cell phone. That person is no longer in your life. That person is no longer attached to whatever enterprise you were launching. Okay. So then if that's the case, what's your real question? My question is, have we given up on people in reference to society? Here's my no, question. I don't, I don't think we've given up on people. I think that in, in life, right, just like how your, your physical features change, so does your mentality toward things and people. You 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 okay. you mature, you matriculate away from certain things that no because everything has a season. And okay. so sometimes you that season may have run out with that particular crowd or group or individual person. And then you migrate from there. Okay. I appreciate that. I'm gonna stick my fork in this one. Um I know that I have given up on people. I have. I've given up on people not disappointing me because they will disappoint me. I've given up on people not being honest with me because they're going to hide behind something in reference to me. I've given up on people not being self-aware. I've given up on people not to be fickle because they will be fickle. And lastly, I've given up on people to be hypocrites because I know everybody is one. Because you're listening and you're talking to the biggest hypocrite that I know. And that's me. Not to be insulting or anything, mm -hmm. but is that a level of naivety on our behalf if we didn't think that way from the get-go of some of people? Because people are human beings and we all have all those frailties and flaws within us. I so think... to think 
So mm -hmm. to think that those things wouldn't exist in people is kind of naive, in my opinion. Okay, okay, that's fair. That's fair. I just, I think there's naivety in everything. Because people who let you down, oftentimes you're shocked, not surprised. So that meant that or this person- Or disappointed, maybe okay, disappointed. Yeah, okay, either or, but I'm saying, but oftentimes that person had a good record and then they did it. Because people breach trust. Like, we have family members. I was going to say, I think the more vulnerable you are to the person, the more disappointed you are in those actions. Because right. you've opened yourself up to them and become vulnerable to them. Right. That's why I say we got family members who breach trust, co-workers who breached our trust, the community has breached our trust, politicians we vote for have breached our trust and the people we share our hearts beds and lives with have breached our trust so right but those are individual people depending on the depth of your relationships may disappoint you but in totality i don't think that most people just give up on society in general because you you measure what amount of yourself you extend to different categories of people based on whatever the depth of the relationship is with you to begin with. Solid. Okay, I like that. I appreciate that. Nandy B, what you got? Uh, well, I think that when we find out we're, how people and how people think and how they react to us determines if they are gonna stay in our circle or they're gonna move on. And I think that the systems that we use is not up to par for the majority of us. The, the, um, there's so many pitfalls that goes on in interacting with people, okay? And there's so many dynamics around how we think, how we feel, how we act and what we what we expect from people but to condense what i'm saying is that i don't have very much uh, uh high hopes in people because there's too many people that are sad today and if you're a person who is strong and and you're trying to be the best version of yourself there's always somebody trying to make you not be that version okay and mm -hmm. we're up against so many different jealousies and anger and disappointments and sadness. And when you try to reach out, you want to help, but is this person, are you helping someone who's reciprocating what you have to get, who's accepting what you have to give, but not reciprocating the thankfulness that how they are responding to you? And there's too many false faces. There's too many people with masks on. And some people have to go through years and years and years before that mask comes off. And then you find out, man, this person was a demon. So I, I go with I go into life looking at people not the way they are, not the way I think they are, but the way they are. And too many of them I've seen that it's it's a sad, it's a sad case of communications that we have with each other. You know what I mean? I've seen, I, I had a neighbor, 
a, a neighbor from hell. I did everything to help her, to give her ways and means to correct situations that she thinks that she needed to be corrected. And as soon as I did this, she flipped it and said, oh, she's always in my business. She's always doing this and she's oh, always no. doing that. No, okay, so now I don't, I don't, um, I'm not quick to listen to your problems, but I'm quick to tell you to pray and ask the God you believe in to help you instead of putting myself into it physically and then getting slapped in my face. No, I, people today, you have to have a tribe that you can interact with and feel comfortable with and you don't have to look over your shoulder. They're not jealous of you. You're not jealous of them. And people outside that, that circle, outside of that tribe, you have to look at them with a long hand and you have to be prayerful. That's all I can say. Okay. Okay. I appreciate that, Nandy. Chris, it's on you. Yeah, I I definitely think your life experiences are going to impact how you view society. Like if I just think about my own life, I grew up in like a really healthy household and I think I was pretty well sheltered from a lot of negativity and um, so I think when I entered the world, particularly when I went to college and in my early 20s, I do think I was naive sometimes and shocked by what people could do to each other and to me. Um, and it took me a long time, I think, to develop, you know, the ability to kind of discern who's for you and who's not. Um, so I'm grateful that I've developed that skill. But I think the more you have of those experiences where you've been betrayed, um, people have let you down, then you take those personal experiences and I think you can project them right to, right. well, this is how all, all people behave this way. And I think you have to be careful of that because um, I think there's equal parts uh, good and bad in our society and you don't kind of want to discount the good because you've gotten burned sometimes. So Right. You know, you have to be, as we get older, I think we'd get better about being careful with our hearts and our emotions and where we let our energy go out to different people um, and learn to kind of guard that and wait and see. <laughs> people can say anything, but their actions will always show you who they are. So until you've spent enough time one-on-one -on -one with someone that you are able to observe and see how they treat you, because if they show you this is how I treat you. Like best believe that's what they think of you. Right. <laughs> so, Facts. I think, um, yeah. I think, you know, as we get older, we get better at that and we just pile up life experiences and a good portion of those are going to be negative. I mean, life's just tough sometimes. So I, I definitely have, you know, some of the instincts that you do of like, Oh my God, people suck. <laughs> but oh, yeah. I have to like back myself up and say, wait a minute, you know, like, I have really good people in my life too. Amazing people who have shown me, you know, love and caring. And I have to believe there are more of those people out there than uh, the other way. At least I choose to believe that. So. Got it. Chris, thank you for that. Thank you. Um, I do believe that everybody should walk with this type of a uh, moniker. And that is how time decides who you meet in life. Your heart decides who you want in your life and your behavior decides who stays in your life. 
and that's by Zaid Abelar. But I'm coming to you, Sugar Ray. What say you? Have we given up on people in reference to society? Yeah, I I haven't given up on people. I'm going to tell you why. I live by three letters, right? Okay. FTW. 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 Okay. You give me that. What's the acronym? Talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see, we go into the, the, the X rated version. But all right, I'm can, we get, can we get the edited version of this? Uh, fudge the world. How about that? Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why. Because this way, I'm not let down by people when people show me who they really are. You understand what I'm saying? I look at a person for what you show me. And you can only cancel your own self out. You understand what I'm saying? If yes, you come yeah. in being a real person and you know what I mean, I'll, I'll put you in my pocket and we'll be homies for the, for the rest of our lives. But the first time you show me some snake qualities about yourself, I'm gone. You right. ain't got to worry about being around me. You ain't got to worry about hollering at me. You ain't got to you know, shake my hand because I don't shake hands with snakes. I don't associate with snakes. Right. You know what I mean? So that's with any walk of life. I live by Robert De Niro and he oh, never get involved in nothing that you can't walk away in 30 seconds when you see heat coming around the corner. I live Ooh, by woo. Love it. <laughs> I like it. I yeah. live by that. Because, listen, like my man Guru say, I'm looking at the front door. You looking for a good time? I'm looking out the front door. I don't need that. Right. Once I see what I don't need in my life, I'm gone. Right. So, I'm not, so I'm not even going to give you the opportunity to snake me or do nothing wrong to me because you're not going to get that close to me. I'm not going to allow myself to put myself in bad situations. And I've done that so many times that I've learned from putting myself in bad situations. So that's why I move the way I move now. Like, yeah, I mean, I meet some good brothers and the good brothers that I meet, they stick with me from day one. Right. Until 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 we not here no more. But right. the rest of the clowns, I leave them on the roadside. Man, I'm like, yo, sleep past you, man. Like, cause I ain't got time for that. Either mm -hmm. you trying to accomplish what I'm on, or we can't, you know, ball at all. It ain't nothing to talk about. Solid, solid. Okay. Hey, Sugar Ray, thank you for that candor. Thank you so much. And thank you for the acronym and thank you for keeping it PG 13. Thank you. You know how hard it was for me to do that? I know, I know. <laughs> I, I know you had to squeeze real tight. You had to squeeze real tight. And I'm glad you didn't explode or implode. I'm so glad you didn't implode. Thank you. But to that shot, get in there. Well, uh, you know, I second everybody's emotions. I think I've said this to you privately and even on this chat. You know, I had a clean house. Um, and just like Chris, I want to believe that there's more good in the world than bad, right? Which is why I always lead with, you know, <clears throat> you can meet somebody today that has better intentions for you than someone that you've had in your life for 10 years, right? And much of my struggle to understand why these dynamics or these friendships had broke up was more to understand, it's like school, right? When you, you start school, you start in pre-kinder, you still can't formulate words and put them together. And I think... A lot of what we go through in relationships is, is basically learning, right? So if we end the relationship and be like, all right, I'm out of pre-kindergarten, right? In first grade, I should be able to pass the test, right? But a lot of us continue to repeat cycles in different areas of our life that continue to connect us with the people that we don't want. 
So I had to go ahead and dissect that in me to find out like what was it in me that continued to connect me with people that needed saving. And like you said in the beginning, you know, do we rob them of being able to build the strength to fend for themselves later on? Or do we continue to perpetuate the situation where now we're codependent of one another and the cycle of toxic friendship and relationship perpetuate one another? Or you continue to go through life until you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you have to reflect like, um, oh, I'm in... I'm in this level, I'm in master class, yet I'm still failing a test that I was supposed to pass in first grade. And you start realizing what's the commonality in that person with the one that betrayed you or the one that hurt you or the one that made you feel this way or the other. And we start realizing that if we move like, hey, I already mastered that. I should be able to see that when it comes to me, even if it's disguised in different skin, you know, cloaked different, you know, mastered into a way that might be able to sneak by but your lessons should be able to be tools that we use to masquerade through, you know, or navigate through the relationships that we're really going to, you know, dig into and bite into and grow with. And that's where I'm at. I'm at the stage of my life that I do believe in my people out there, that I engage on people that needed me maybe at that time, whether it was me so that I could grow me or them so they could actually have a friend that cared that wasn't driving them into, you know, a hole deeper. I like to believe that we continue to grow into a certain age where when we embark into the new version of us, we're not looking at a loser's perspective. We're looking as in, I gave it all, and now I get to reinvent myself with all the information that I you know, acquired through the bumpy roads of repetition and, and uncertainty that kept me doubting myself, my abilities, and my self-love, right? So we cut, continue meeting people, and we leave them better than where we met them and hope that these people stick this time around, that we can count on them. Maybe not for everything. We're not trying to be best friends for everybody, but everybody has a trait, you know, that is good, that breathes life into you, right? So sometimes right. you might be down and I'm not one to dump, but just calling somebody and knowing that person's going to pick up the phone. Hey, what's up? Just that alone makes you feel good, that you have a stretch that you could reach out to someone that is not just trying to dismiss you, right? Because we do a lot of texting nowadays. So I think we continue to grow and see that not all faith is okay. lost in humanity. Be back. Be back. Okay, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. And that, you know, we're cultivating new people that have a bigger heart and that have also withstand, you know, what we've had to endure and grow and that we're going to meet each other along this growth and that we're going to mend new relationships with people we could take to older, you know, longevity. So I'm not, I'm not giving up on humanity just yet. Okay. Okay. You're not giving up on humanity just yet. I'm glad. I'm glad that there are people who are still in the fight and still know that, Hey, there are good people out here. The good folks just haven't showed up yet. Sammy, Sam. Close it out. I think we know. We, we, we've we been around. You know, I hate to keep going back to it, but your, your rude awakening, you start awakening to the different types of people when you get to high school, you know? And then, hey, when you join the military, boy, are you out, uh, brought into a whole bunch of different type of people, you know, especially you know, with us in the Navy where we only have one boot camp in Great Mistakes, Illinois. So everybody's coming there from the South, from the East, from the West, from the this, from the that, you know, and that's when you start dealing with different people, a lot of different people, you know, and that's when you start realizing, hey, even though this person is from so-and-so, they're really cool. You know, I have a good rapport with them, you know, and even, you know, these people, I'm from New Jersey, they're from New York, you know, I'm not really cool with them like that. You know, that's when you started learning, you know, about the different people you're going to be around in this world, in this life. 
-hmm. you know, and that's when you start realizing who is for you, who is not for you, and who is out to hurt you. Okay. You know, so you now have to be the responsible one and be like, I can't blame it all on, you know, that person, even though they were a snake, you know, but I also have to blame it on myself too, because there were warning signs that were out there, you know, that I ignored because I thought this person was my friend. Okay. I hear you, Sammy. I do. We all do. This was good. This was great as always. But as we reach the crescendo, as we close, I am certain there are many listeners, many followers whose tummy is full to the brim. And I'm also sure there are many listeners who feel a bit underfed. All I can tell you is this meal is complete. It was nutritious and it was definitely what the doctor ordered. So until the next meal is prepared, let's keep this conversation going as you bob and weave through traffic on your way to whatever destination you're heading to. And I speak for all of us when we say thank you for giving us permission to give you permission to have these conversations amongst yourselves. So until the next time we meet, you best believe this is the next meal. It's not on Nandy. It's not on Sugar Ray. It's not on Mikey D. It's not on Patricia. And it's not on Chris. It's on just a guy from the 215 era code. Thank y'all so much for your time. Until next time, same bad time, same bad channel, same bad place. See y'all later. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. Peace and love. Good night, everyone.